I mean, we've all had a sleepover at our friend's house where we saw the ghost of our dead mother, but it turned out to be a 97-year-old dog, right? No. 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 Oh. Oh, okay, never mind. The girls who cried be horror. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. As always, I am Anya. Hi guys, I'm Alex, and today we are joined by the co-hosts of the Old Kids Movies podcast, our good friends Trevor and AJ. Hi guys. Hello. Um, Yeah, we were, you guys, if you follow us on social media, we were on their podcast last Halloween. Mm -hmm. We did um, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed, and it was a really fun time. And uh, we were waiting for like the perfect movie to bring them on for, and because this is an 80s children's family, at least it's pitched that way, horror I was like, well, this is the perfect vehicle for their knowledge to bring them on. But, okay, so as you guys I haven't stated yet, we're doing The Gate for this uh, month's episode. Um, it is a personal favorite of mine. I know at least the first time Alex watched it, I don't think she was a fan. Um, but I guess I'll start with my experience watching this. It was my second viewing. Um, as I've said millions of times on this podcast, I am a, a lover of suburban horror. Um and I think what I was excited to go on uh, the old kids movies is also I do love children's entertainment, family entertainment. I think that there's so much, so much good shit to mine from that. So like when you combine the two, it's like a treat for me. And especially when you add in like 80s, like horror, practical shit, like it's a dream come true. So I love this movie. I was really happy to revisit it and find out I still love it. But I'm curious to hear, hear everybody else's experience with The Gate. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off. Uh, as you said, I have seen this one time. I think it was from your recommendation, probably because I'd never heard of this before. Um, and I think we have some of this in our artwork, don't we, from season one? Like yes. the, the eyeball in the hand? Um, I want to say we I have it not... in our season two artwork, too. Do we have a little guy, a little demon boy? I think we have a little guy. I'm not looking at it right now, but I, I love him. Up. Uh, we, yeah, he's front and center, babe. We got a little guy. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we, I really <laughs> should love this movie more if we're repping it in all of our artwork, but uh, I did enjoy it a little bit more this time. I think for me, it feels like a movie that if I had seen it maybe when I was a child, I would have the same kind of nostalgia for that I do like The Goonies. Mm. Uh, but as an adult, I'm not really super into like kid adventures. I don't really like kids that much. Um, so for me, the plot of the film is like, kind of stale but I think that the practical effects are really cool and I am obsessed with the little demon boys and I can't wait to talk about them because <laughs> they they are really the only thing that would ever bring me back to this movie again and I think it is like the main reason that someone should watch it so I did not hate it but it's definitely not something that I am like as in love with as you are Anya okay well AJ I feel like I saw on Letterboxd that you were also not a big fan uh, AJ no, and, and I connect <laughs> 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 I think honestly I was just kind of bored yeah, I, okay. yeah. No, yeah. except for the parts when I was laughing at the visual effects I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to talk about sequentially what happened but the scene at the end where can I can I spoil yeah, something go for it. the scene where he kind of let's just say he flips laughed out loud all i mean the scene where uh, his friend like falls down the hole and the effects oh there I, I laughed <laughs> out loud. there were some cool moments where i was like oh you know they they brought the construction worker back i, I thought that was kind of cool I, I, there were moments where they teased you know are these parents really their parents where i thought yeah they brought that back i was like oh that's not their parents i didn't know this this time so i was picking up on some things and enjoying some of the 
the hints and the the practicals were definitely noteworthy. But honestly, I was just like kind of I was kind of bored. I yeah, I don't think it. there's anything wrong with mm. like the script or the plot, but I don't think there's anything that exciting about it either. It's just kind of yeah. like is a really basic plot that we follow mm-hmm. for ninety minutes. All right, we'll get into it. But Trevor, I want to yeah. hear about you. I have no idea, Trevor, if you like this or not. I truly Trevor probably no loves idea. it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm very far behind on my letterbox actual. He's, can I can I pause this for a second? Oh, he no. never yeah. logs his letterbox until after he does the podcast, so I never know what he <laughs> thinks of it going in. And it, I'm, except for no, George of the fun. Jungle, except for George of the Jungle. Uh, George of the Jungle, I gave five stars. As you should, literally as you should. Five star movie. It's a feminist um, masterpiece, AJ. It's anti-feminist it to is. not love George of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so so I didn't log this movie yet. But I think I'm a little bit more on the side of Alex and AJ. Because damn, we, I'm gonna be fighting look, for my look, life in this episode. Let me, let me no no no, because I see what they're doing. And I, I think I'm easy to forgive some movies when the premise sounds incredible. So like the premise to this movie, incredible. Two boys just summon demons by accident, like, oh shit, we summon can I, we can swear, right? I assume yeah. oh, girl, Have you it's met my Anya? podcast, of course we can swear. Oh shit. Hello. Oh, oh my. Thank you. Trevor just oh, got delivered a, nice a burger, burger and oh fries. Look at that service. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so sorry about <laughs> the whole shoes hassle. Her away. <laughs> yeah. Get out Whoa. of here, woman. That was that was a, <laughs> This that is was the like most anti feminist episode we've chemical. ever fucking had. I wasn't a shoeing. That <laughs> We're was not a, even that ten minutes a... in. <laughs> this is the motion of like, thank you so much. I want to give you a hug. Alright, Trevor, finish your thoughts. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Let me eat this fry real quick. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, I love your midsummer poster. Thank you. I recently hung it up on as well as my ready or not poster. I should nice. be in my office because I have the same one. We could just be twins. I know. I'll get it in a second. Damn. Um, we uh. Okay, so back to this. Back to this. Basically, I was behind the premise and I was super excited for it. And we jumped right in, and I was on board, and it, it kept going. And I was waiting for like the first kill. I was waiting for things to really get set into motion. And it's not really until like 50 minutes where something happens. And the movie is uh-huh. 85 minutes long, like 83 with, with credits or whatever. Well, I kind of, there's like very short credits, but it's like 85 minutes long. There's not a whole lot of killing. There's not a whole lot of what I would think when I think of B horror, because I'm not as much into B horror as I'm into sort of other types of horror, mm-hmm. but, but I appreciate some. And there's a lot I liked. Obviously, the little gremlin dudes I really liked. Uh, I got so much Troll 2 vibe from this. Oh yes, part, absolutely. Yeah, partially yeah. due to those guys and the 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 sister really reminded me of the sister in Troll Two, uh, just like the delivery were was basically as awful as the delivery in Troll Two. I think that's <laughs> a reach. That's a fucking. Reach. That's a reach. Well, I thought the friend Terry was going to grow up and looked like the guy who was like, ah, they're eating her. He looked identical to me. I couldn't separate them. <laughs> the way, anyway. So I was super excited. And it was just a little bit boring, I think. I, I think I was on on AJ's side that it was a little bit boring, a little bit underwhelming. Uh, it got exciting at the end, and I was on board at the end, but I was sort of kind of mix and pull. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen, obviously. I, I, I think the premise was a little under or over-promised to me, but I'm excited to discuss sort of the, the positives and, and what didn't really work for me and, and why you like it so much, Anya, because obviously... Um, it means yeah, something to yeah. you, so, so I'm excited. I have thought, I'm literally going to have to fight for my fucking life on this one. <laughs> um, so before we get into anything else, Alex, you know, yeah. before we get into any more spoilers, 
So anyone listening, as usual, if you want to watch, you don't want it spoiled, you haven't seen it yet. It is streaming currently on a lot of our favorite free streaming apps, Tubi, Vudu, Roku TV. I want to say it was also available on Prime, but I don't know. It was, with ads. With ads. So um, at the time of recording, that's where you can watch it if you are seeking it out. Um, And now Alice will give us the synopsis in case you need a reminder or you don't plan on watching and you just want to know and go right in. Okay. Typically, I go off the cuff on these, but... I found a really succinct uh, summary on IMDb, so I'm just going to go with that. Keep it easy. Uh, This is a 19... Oh, gosh. Where did it go? This is a 1987 film starring Stephen Dorff as a little baby, which I mostly only know him from um, somewhere, but I feel Uh like he's a big name. Um, uh, A young boy, Glenn, and his best friend, Terry, accidentally open a gate to hell when a rotten tree is removed from the backyard of Glenn's house. When his dog dies and a friend of Glenn's sister, Alexandra, buries the animal in the hole, demons from an ancient civilization are released, seeking for two human sacrifices to dominate the world. Glenn, Alexandra, and Terry, who are spending the weekend alone in the house, fight to save their lives and close the hole. That's and it. that's the gate. That's literally That's the gate. It. And there's a um, lot of cute little demons. There are Her name's many. Al. Her name is Alexandra, as is my name, but she <laughs> goes by Al. Uh, yes as also i kind of do um okay well let's get into some behind the scenes some fun facts as we like to call them although sometimes they're not always fun but these ones are fun um okay well you brought up so i will bring it up myself so alex you brought up uh steven dorf uh who is Mm -hmm. the child star of this movie and while i was watching again i was like i fucking know this child i don't know if i've seen this child act in something else or he grew up to be someone i knew and then i looked and i was like oh my gosh yes i know this guy he's been in many a movie he's been in um as you said, Alex, somewhere. He's also been in Blade. He was in a movie that uh, honorary girl who cried you horror Cornelia will love because we watched together. Um, he is Cecil B. Demented in Cecil B. Demented. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's he's had a pretty, you know, decent film career. Um, so it is just so funny when you just like see one of these movies and it's like, oh my God, he's a baby. Um, but that was my first fun fact is that he, Glenn is Cecil B. Demented. Um <laughs> But other than that, um, the kind of journey in making this movie um, is sort of interesting. Um, uh, Heather Wixon, who we've talked about in this podcast before, uh, mm-hmm. a wonderful horror critic, horror reviewer, um, she had an article actually in the last month's or last whatever the fuck's Fangoria, in which she did a retrospective 35-year anniversary of The Gate, and she had talked to the oh, director. Yeah, um, so I had read it and I reread it in prepping for this, and it was really, really insightful um, because uh, what I read was that when this was starting out, um, director, and you know I'm going to botch this fucking name. Always. Tibor, and then mm-hmm. Tak, goddamn, sounds it out, Takax, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. We're going to pretend, Tibor, if that's how you fucking say it, TT, that's what I'll call him, TT. It's Trevor. As if he wishes. Uh, Okay. So our director, TT, um, he was actually, when this all began, he was trying to get a script that he had made based on the book called The Girl Who Owned the City, or Owned a City, which apparently that book is a story of kind of like Lord of the Flies, like post-apocalyptic, except it's got a female lead, we love. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going around to a bunch of like meetings to try to get this sold. Um, And in one of these meetings, he met producer uh, John Kemeny who ended up being the producer of The Gate. Um, so they had this meeting, whatever, and then, like, months down the line, John Kemeny, like, calls him and is, like, and he's so worried. He's, like, oh, my God, he's going to tell me, like, 
something bad about this script or that he's changed his mind or whatever. And he was like, hey, I have this these three scripts. I want you to make one of these. You literally get to pick whichever one you want. So he read all three, one of which was The Gate. And he really connected with it. Um, and thus, The mm-hmm. Gate was born. Um, there's a direct quote I'd love to read from him in which he talked about like kind of like what drew him to this story in which he says... I had always wanted to do things that were like fairy tales. I really feel like fairy tales are an important part of your development, your creativity, especially when you're young. I feel like you have to experience fear when you're young because it opens up a floodgate to imagination. My own experience is, to me, filled with those seminal things that happened when I was a kid. Like when I saw Snow White, I was a scared little kid actor, but that really fueled my imagination. That's not why I make these movies, but it does explain why I was drawn to these types of stories. Um, which I thought to be really interesting because I think at least for you and me, Alex, being huge horror fans our whole life, like mm-hmm. that really spoke to me in the sense of like, yeah, like, and I think that's probably why I was so drawn, drawn to them is like seeing things. I always bring up Poltergeist, which this movie also makes you think of to a certain extent. Um, when yeah, I definitely. saw Poltergeist as a kid and like was so adamant, I had to see it. I had to see it. And my parents were like, you will be traumatized, like enough. <laughs> and then they're like, fine, go ahead, watch it. And then I watched it because they sold it to me as like, it's the movie where the girl gets sucked into the TV. I was like, that sounds fucking stupid. Let me see it. They really undersold that shit. Um, And then was traumatized. I literally had like nightmares that my closet door was going to open and be like a huge flesh portal that was going to suck me in. But also like all those scenes in that movie like stayed with me, like the clawing of the face and like all those things where I'm like, yeah, and I, like, think about those all the time when, like, I'm coming up with ideas or writing things, not specifically just Poltergeist, but, like, yeah, and I think about so many things from my childhood, like, which I'm sure maybe, you know, AJ and, uh, I almost fucking called you Egg Trevor, because Trevor has this goddamn <laughs> username on here as Egg. AJ and Trevor <laughs> might connect to, it's just, like, there are so many, you know, children's movies or movies from, that we watched as kids from our youth that, like, might have, like, those, like, dark undertones and stuff like that, which I think are the ones I really connect to, not only because I love horror, but I just think, like, <clears throat> I really appreciate when, like, children's media, like, can lean into more serious things, because I think we don't give children credit enough for, like, mm-hmm. their emotional intelligence and stuff like that, um, which is a, a reason why, one of my many reasons why I feel like I like this film. Um, but yes, all this to say that, like, I really respected, even if I decided, like, I hated this movie out of nowhere, which I didn't, I respected the director and, like, his reasoning for wanting to pursue a child-friendly, quote-unquote, horror mm-hmm. film. Do you have any information on what the other two scripts were? One of them was The Wraith. Okay. I, that, isn't that, like, could... the, like, in Nosferatu? Isn't he a wraith? Not the vampire Nosferatu, the Jill Hill. Oh, no? I know what you're talking about. Um, the TV show. Yeah, with know. Zachary Quinto. Um, he couldn't remember race. what the other script was, though. Um, well, it must not have been very good. I've seen another movie that this guy made. What movie? I'm realizing. I'm also. I was looking at his IMDb, and it's filled mm-hmm. with some of the most ridiculous, like names for movies: Ice Spiders. Yes. And Rise of the Tornado Terror, Mega Snake, The Black Hole. But I saw Spiders from 2013. Did you it's like it? It's like a... Uh, uh, well, it's... <laughs> it's schlock, but I enjoyed it, I think, probably, as like... I don't know if I ironically or unironically whole filmography, it. It's now just like big animal movies? Well, it's, I was going to bring basically, that up next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is okay. that, yeah, his filmography, he has The Gate. That's like his like best, like, debatably known like film. He also directed The Gate sequel that happened. Yeah. Um, because this was a success. This movie like was a success um, financially. But he also did two Sabrina the Teenage Witch movies, one of which stars a <gasps> oh, very yeah. young Ryan Reynolds. Um, Hell yeah. He does a movie that has been on my watches for a while. I really want to see it called I, Madman. Um, 
in which I believe the premise is, like, a woman is, like, reading these, like, novels or whatever about, like, a killer or whatever. And then, like, of course, the killer comes out of the books and becomes real or whatever. Very fun. Very silly. But, yeah, other than that, pretty much the whole filmography is, like, giant killer, like, spider, rats, the kraken, a snake, you know, (laughs) everything you can think of, giant that movie. And then, like, a fuckload of, like, TV, like, Hallmark romance films that look mostly, what like, Christmas-oriented. Filmography. Yeah, he's got, like, It's Christmas Eve, The Secret Ingredient, Rocky Mountain Christmas, <laughs> like... <laughs> Rocky Mountain Christmas. Is there really a movie called It's Christmas Eve? Yes. And it has AJ, the most generic-looking white couple as the poster. Have you not Amazing. seen Once Upon a Christmas and the immediate follow-up, Twice Upon a Christmas? <laughs> I can't I've seen Mickey's have. Once Upon a Christmas. I have seen Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. I low-key watch that every December. It's great. <laughs> have I ever seen Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas? I don't think I oh, have. You, it's so good. It's, You'd love it. It's like three stories. So it's like the Huey, Dewey, and Louie wish <laughs> that it was Christmas one. every day. And then uh, Max and Goofy worry about whether or not Santa is going to come. And then Mickey and Minnie basically reenact the gift of the Magi. It's like an hour long. It's really sweet. I can yeah, already see that... I can already see like Anya's letterbox review about something about Scrooge McDuck. I don't know what. But Scrooge is barely in that one. I love when people try to predict my letterbox reviews because I am a never very predictable it. woman. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. I'm just like your 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 tweets. I have a and- brand and I stick to it. <laughs> if you've ever Pretty read much. Anya's bullet train review, you know that you cannot okay, think of what she's going to write. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you're thinking I'm going to write some filthy ass shit about Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> don't drag my yes. name like that. I'm just saying, you can't predict Anya. Yeah, I am unpredictable. Anyways, back to the movie. Um, <laughs> you guys may be interested because you think that this movie is somewhat boring. Um, that the original script was apparently um, a lot darker and more violent. And instead of being our younger brother, Glenn, and his older sister, Alexandra, um, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be younger brother, Glenn, and an older brother. But because the director won... So obviously there's changes that were made because as he said, like he's really into like the enchantment fairy tale of it all, which I personally think, I don't know that I would describe this as enchanting or fairy tale material. I see to a certain extent, like the, like the dark fairy tale kind of thing, maybe he was going for. Um, but even then I'm like, you know what? I, I, I don't see that, but you know what? You, mm-hmm. you, 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 you need to feel. Um, but also because he had an older sister growing up. And so he connected with that more um, and he wanted to add that like feminine touch by turning the older brother instead into an older sister, um, which I really like the brother-sister re- relationship to, in this. Sorry. What did you say, Trev? Well, that, that was like one of the things I related to because I have an older sister and we would bicker a lot. And I think the bickering so on point in this movie, even if it's goofy and silly, sometimes dips into the things that don't age mm-hmm. as a lot of things in B-horror and kids movies as we see. But yes. uh, the bickering was so on point, and that was, like, a huge aspect I liked. So I'm glad and they I'll, kept that. We'll go into it further, but, yeah, I really appreciated specifically that it ended up being a brother-sister <clears throat> relationship because mm-hmm. given a lot of these movies, whether they're, like, kids' movies, teen movies, or whatever, and you have that brother-sister relationship where it's, like, the annoying younger, younger brother and the older sister who's, like, too cool for him, where, like, for me personally, I felt like, you know, this is going to play one way that we've seen it play every time, like, and you fall into those cliches. And I felt like it didn't quite do that, which I thought was interesting. But we'll talk more about that when we get past all these fun facts, which I only have a few more. Um, our man that did um, special effects for this movie, um, Ran- Randy Cook, um, prior to this, he actually worked on Fright Night, which 
Ooh. Love, love Fright Night. Love but Fright Night. Working on this movie like launched him as like an independent like FX. Did wait? We have to. Pause. I'm ignoring it. I'm ignoring it. AJ just thumbs down Fright Night. <laughs> Not a fan. Jerry Dandridge is coming for you. Because we watched mercy. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, and I said, this is just worse Fright Night. And then AJ saw Fright Night and said, this is just worse Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Damn. Uh, Damn's just fighting is, words. Fright Night is actually just worse mm. Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. Wow. Bold. I also disagree with that. AJ's going to get death threats. <laughs> um. But yes, it launched Randy Cook's career as an independent FX uh, artist, um, mm-hmm. and he actually went on huge career because he did um, FX special effects work for all three of the fucking Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, damn! So a big win for Randy. <laughs> I just finished doing a rewatch of those Lord of the Rings movies. Um, so good! What a great time! Oh, so good! They're very good! So fun! What's your favorite? Um, two the, towers. Yup, correct. Wow, great it's answer. I love the best I, one. I, it's it's right. It's the best. I love two towers, but I'm just fellowship is where my heart's at. But but two towers is like if fellowship is in my top five, which it is. Two towers is like in my top twenty five. They're they're well, really one and two for me. AJ, I got two towers for you right here. Ha ha. For those that can't see, Trevor is flipping off AJ with both hands. Um, with both hands. But. I do have to say, I couldn't give any of the Lord of the Rings movies five stars, which I know for some people is, like, blasphemous. I mean, at the end of the wow. day, like, the, that genre particularly for me isn't, like, my forte. Not that I, But I dip into all genres, and I like things from all genres. <clears throat> because I couldn't give five stars solely because every man slash boy slash hobbit slash whatever the fuck in that movie wanted to kiss so fucking bad, and they never let them. And I was like, I mm. simply cannot deal with how bad y'all want to kiss each other, and you won't let it happen. You can't get five stars. Now, maybe in this is, TV show, they'll let them fucking kiss. We'll see. It is a pretty loveless trilogy, aside from, like, the main romance, you know? There's love. Like, like, oh, my God. Like, Sam loves Frodo. They just won't let them be together. All these bitches yes. in the fucking Letterboxd reviews were talking about how, like, the most unrealistic shit of this whole thing was Sam marrying a woman at the end of it all. <laughs> Insane of them to try to sell that to us. Anyways, we're on a tangent. Um... So I just thought that was fun to share. Um, and going back to Glenn, which obviously, as we know, um, Stephen Dorff played, but another actor was up for the role, um, Joshua John Miller, um, which I don't know that any of us would be familiar with him by his name. He has but a serial killer name. Was, was he in Free Willy? Was that him? Was he in I No, no not Free No, Willy. I don't think so. Um, he was in, um, well... The reason that I, when I looked him up, I was like, oh my god, yeah, I know him, is if anyone here has seen one of my favorite films, Near Dark, which is the other 1987 vampire movie other than The Lost My Blind Spot. Is that Catherine Bigelow? Yes. Yes. I've heard really good things about it, but I haven't seen it. It's amazing. I highly recommend, along with The Lost Boys, obviously. Um, But he plays the child vampire in Near Dark. Um, And he is a gay man in real life. Um, He ended up, uh, he wrote one of my favorite horror comedies, The Final Girls. Um, oh, I love Final Girls. And I believe at the time, at least, of the making of the movie, I don't know if they were married or they were just partners, he was in a relationship with the director of The Final hmm. Girls, who is an Emerson alum. Yes. So who it all that? comes Isn't full it romantic circle. romantic movie, right? 
the yes, Rebel I also Wilson. like Isn't yeah, It Romantic. Yeah. I prefer I like Final that Girls. One too. But Isn't It Romantic was also fun. Um, so that's another fun fact that he was aw- almost our Glenn. Hmm. Tiny so little baby. So did he do Near Dark instead of The Gate? Because <sighs> that's a better movie to do, this. I think. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I love the They're game, both 87, also, like, so they, it might have been. Oh, yeah, you're right. Then, yeah, it definitely probably was. Um, it worked out for him. Yeah, deadass, he won. Um, I guess, like, career-wise, if he was trying to be an actor, though, he didn't win. Steven Dorff won, career-wise, in terms of I, pictures he went on to do. I guess that's true. Anyways, as long as they're both happy, that's all we care about. <laughs> um, okay, I have two more things for us, and these are specific okay. to the actual movie. Um, one of these, Alex, you're going to fucking I think. Um, so just prep yourself now. I'm I'll ready. start with the with the good one. Um, the demon boy. Oh, great. End on a low note. Yeah, end on a low note. That's how I want to keep us going for this episode. On the demon boys that you all seem to love so much and you think is the only goddamn redeeming factor of this movie, um, they are, other than I guess the obvious scenes when it's like stop motion or puppet, um, they are actually played by actors in rubber suits and they shot it on these like forced perspective things. Talk about Lord of the Rings again with forced perspective. Um, right. Which I knew that because I was like doing research like while watching. And once I like saw that, it it is like, not I want to say it's obvious. It's not obvious in a bad way, but I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely how they're moving like that. Like there ain't no way in 1987 they got a puppet moving like that fluidly. Um, that's so funny because I think they they run in such a strange bizarre way that I was like this is such a weird like stop motion kind of movement I thought it was it doesn't stop feel too. human to me there's definitely all. stop yeah. motion in it like like there's that scene right, when right. like um one like one of them gets like they're trying to kick them out of the door and they one gets closed in the door and it like melts and then there's like the stop yeah, yeah, motion like mm-hmm. going back yeah. under like obviously but like yeah like for example like when Terry is down in the hole that's when I noticed and, the movement yes that's for in actors that in fucking suits bro <laughs> they're being no weird kidding. I feel like the frame rate at times isn't matching with the main frame rate of the yeah. movie it might be yeah. like it's really weird I don't know how to describe it because it's not like sixteen to twenty four or vice versa but it it's weird yeah no I I totally see that. Maybe that was but intentional. I think it makes it creepy. I love it. Yeah. It I know. Well, they're probably walking weird because I can't imagine those, like, big-ass rubber suits are, like, <laughs> easy fair. to maneuver in. Um, I do like that. Okay. Right. So this one, I don't have a lot of information on this. And just this based on what I grew it is. It's unclear to me. The way it's written makes it seem really ominous. So I'll let the group decide what we feel. The fun – I don't know that it's fun. The fact that I found is when Eric, who is the, like – boy that they enlist to dump the fucking dog's body at the the vet the pound whatever the fuck it was Mm -hmm. um no so the actor obviously is like he's carrying around the dog to then he like brings it to the garden that's where he like he's like oh i can put it in this hole the actor apparently struggled to carry because of the weight of the dog so it really made him hold the dog listen the dog was supposed to be dead girl listen to me you are just like you gotta brace yourself um it says, this is what it said, the quote. It said, so the set designer, John Backer, Baker, whatever the fuck, brought it to a local taxidermist to have the organs removed to make it much lighter. Which reads to me like they were carrying around an actual real dead dog for some reason. Yeah. Okay, yeah, why, why didn't they just use a, a prop? This a is like, it. did yeah. they kill the dog? I would hope not. I feel like something would have come no, out by now that they, like, had killed an animal on set. So they just found a dog that looked exactly like that big shaggy dog that happened to be dead. 
I don't know. I don't know if was, it's like they went to the fucking pound and were like, you're putting this one down. Can we have it when you're done type shit? I don't know. There was all I found. It didn't say anything else that was like, they used a real dead dog. Like, I thought for the most part, it was like a stuffed animal, like prop yeah. puppet type thing. But that made me feel like if you're taking it to be taxidermied, because it also would be one thing if they like went and bought a taxidermy dog that was already taxidermied. Like that also, I'd be like, okay, whatever, weird, but sure. Whatever. It was the fact that they were yeah. carrying around presumably a real dead dog for a period of time, and they were like, "This isn't working." What was the source for this? This is IMDb. IMDb trivia. Literally, was there a so disclaimer at the end of the credits that said that no animals were harmed in the making of this movie? Sometimes they don't put it there just to trick you. I didn't look, but that is a good question. <laughs> I'm gonna go I back shut and it look. off as soon as the credits fucking, hit. No, I'm gonna go back and look. <laughs> So some, I know that I'm doing movie. myself no favors and trying to win y'all over with that fact, but that concludes um, the end of the behind the scenes, whatever the fuck. So I guess it's time oh. to get into the actual meat of the gate. Um, and I think a good place to start would be, um, obviously I brought up that our director, you know, made this movie and was like, you know, and a lot of the interview I was reading with Heather Wicks and it was like very emphasized that it was like, Yes, it's a children's horror, it's a family horror, but it's like starter horror. It shouldn't be anything like a child would watch and they'd be traumatized or whatever. Where I was like, I don't know how much I agree with that. Not to say that I would have been traumatized if I watched this, but like while I was going through and watching, I was like, there is some really like scary, disturbed shit in this. As we said, there's not a lot of gore because like you can't really fuck around with gore that much in a children's Mm -hmm. movie, but like they really do some disturbing shit in this. Like... I mean, even just starting out, like, even just, like, conceptually, like, with having, like, the ghost of Terry's mom come back, and then he's, like, holding her, and, like, kind of, like, slow dancing, like, and clearly, like, moved by the experience, because he misses his mother so much. Like, that's kind of our starting point of, like, really creepy shit happening, and then from there, it's just, like, and Terry really gets the fucking brunt of it. Lord have mercy. He deserves it. Wow, we're really gonna get Terry, too. Um... (laughs) Like, when Terry gets sucked into the fucking wall by a zombie and then it closes, I was like, that's, like, horrifying. Like, if I saw that as a child, like, that would fuck me up. Um, I don't know if The Room, I've been talking for a hot minute now, if The Room has thoughts on the the traumatic possible elements of the horror in this film for children. Especially AJ and Trevor, because this is your forte, children's media. I guess I, I struggle to call this a straight-up kids movie because there are kids' horror movies. I think, like, yes. Little Monsters is a good example. Monster House. Monster yes. House, of course. Um, less Scooby-Doo, but, like, Goosebumps. But there aren't many... This is a kids' movie, but but it's also a horror movie. I, I feel like there are more creepy kids' movies, a lot like Tim Burton and things yeah. of that Matilda. nature. Yeah, Matilda. Yeah, Matilda. The Giant Beach. Any, any Roald Doll adaptation, of course, yeah. will have that. The stuff I love, the stuff AJ hates. <laughs> but I struggle to necessarily call this straight up kids because I feel like I don't know necessarily what feelings they they have. A lot of, a lot of things I think in kids movies is you the the feelings that the kids have are the feelings that kids would have. The the kind of feelings of growing up and the and the the experiences that you would have as a kid. That's not always the case. Uh, especially if there are adults as the protagonist, but I, I feel like I didn't really know what they were going through. They feel kind of older than the kids playing them. Um, Terry has a whole room that's basically what I would assume the character Eddie from Stranger Things has, rather than yeah. uh, like someone Eddie's age, like a fifth or sixth uh, year senior in high school, rather than like 11 or, or 10 or 12, however old they're supposed to be in this movie. 
So that's where I sort of struggle with this, but I think Poltergeist is probably less scary than this movie. If I saw this as a kid, I think I would have nightmares. I think Poltergeist is a better made movie, obviously, but that's sort of where I sit. Interesting. You think I'm you're more you. scared by the gate. Oh, interesting. That is a Maybe. Hmm. Actually, now that I think of it, I think you might be right. Poltergeist might be scary because the, the thing that the gate has going for it that the Poltergeist doesn't have, by and large, by comparison, is the gore, is the, the practicals. Yeah. But, like, the, the little runty, weird guys, they didn't bother me. I think if I was a kid and I saw the construction worker ghost in the mirror scene, yeah. I would not be able to look in yeah. a mirror ever again if i were a child. <laughs> yeah i, I think that. just the imagery i think it's the 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 random imagery in this movie that is scary rather than the the overall plot because the plot's not that scary i guess like dig if you ever used to dig holes i used to be into rocks as a kid so when that they like dug up rocks. the amethyst that's why i'm like let's go <laughs> digging up the amethyst and the crystals and they were kind of like mansplaining what crystals are. I'm like, oh, or, or, or it's a geode. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> not that I condone mansplaining. I condone. But to say, uh, only Trevor would get excited about fucking mansplaining. What no, I say, it's most not... fucking anti-feminist ever <laughs> ever done. <laughs> I said that part as a joke. I mean, more so, I, I was excited that they're talking about geodes and minerals and gems and crystals, and I'm like, this is I'm on board, but I. I don't really know where this this line of thought is going other than um i i think just the imagery in this movie probably would would stick more for me as a kid and what i was scared of yeah i think what i found to be the scariest imagery in here especially if i had seen it as a child was always related back to the parents because the scene you brought up anya of him dancing with his deceased mother Mm-hmm. It is ve- is giving very Maureen Prescott Scream Three. Yeah. She has come out of the I can't cemetery. Watch the scene of her like in the window. Yes. To this oh my day, God. I that still traumatized me as a child. <laughs> I watched that at my tenth birthday party because it was my favorite movie, and I was like curled up, terrified. That that's what that scene reminded me of. And then I think the trauma of then realizing that not only is your dead mom not there, but you're holding the corpse of a fucking dog. That yeah. would traumatize me in and of itself. But then there's another scene where they think that their parents have come home and then he's like begging his father for help. And then his father starts to choke him and his yeah. face implodes into You've this like horrible bad. liquid. That's terrifying to imagine, yeah. like just essentially seeing your father like explode in front of you. So I feel like mm-hmm. all of like the familial stuff for me, I think is where the imagery was very effective in being creepy and spooky and kind of like, I don't like that. And obviously I think there was way too much with the dog it just like continued yeah. like they just kept they coming back that to that guy out. with the dog i was like wow like, are we done i don't need the dog how, anymore how long is the section on this movie or the entry for this movie on does the dog die.com oh it's probably enormous <laughs> it's like yeah, the dog dies and, and then they, they carry it around, body around yeah <laughs> it's so bad and then it's in the bed and it's like <laughs> oh my god I was, and then it but then it comes back to life and i'm like really i know fucked with me which then, okay, so, that makes me like, yeah, it's like clearly they had at least two dogs if they were fucking using. Or they just shot it at the one. beginning. Oh my god, don't say that. Um, <laughs> no. So the scene with the mom as an adult, I actually laughed at that. I mean, I stopped laughing when I was like, oh my god, it's a dead dog. But I was, right. I was laughing at like the over dramatic, the lights, and she's like calling her son's name, and then they're dancing. And also, can I just also call out the line before that where it was, you remember last year when Terry's mom died, right? 
Yeah. And that was one of my favorite, least favorite lines of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. As you know, Terry's yeah. mom died last As you year. know. Looking to the camera, as you know, Terry's <laughs> mom is are... dead. That's going to be important like to, in a few minutes. We like to reference, uh, uh, I think our, 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 our go-to explanation of as you know is like Harry Potter. It's like, as uh, Dumbledore's like, as you know, Harry, your parents are dead. Yeah. You're a wizard. Yeah. Literally. Stole that from School of Movies. Thanks to Alex and Sharon for that. <laughs> it's great. So um, I want to say, I mean, I agree with both the sentiments that Alex, you just brought up about family a hundred percent, because I think especially honestly to, to a degree to this day. So, but especially as a child, I think one of my biggest fears, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think many children feel this way of like, like one of the scariest things that can happen to you is like, yeah, like your parents, like, being gone something happened to them your parents not being your parents Mm -hmm. i can't even tell you the amount of nightmares i would have where like it would be like something is like i'd be looking out the back windows of my house and like something horrible is happening in the backyard or is happening right over at the neighbor's house like something like bad and i would run to tell my parents like oh my god blah blah and like in the dream they would just be like sitting reading the paper like okay and yeah i don't care like go away and i would be so traumatizing i'd be like why aren't you listening to me like why don't you care like we're in danger and they'd just be like fuck off and, like, that was so fucking scary to me. So, yeah, when that scene comes and he's, like, telling his parents and they're, like, yeah, we don't care. We're here to, like, fucking choke you out. I was, like, yeah. that would have scared the shit out of me as a child. And then, Trevor, you made a really good point about the fact that, like, I will agree. Even loving this movie, I will agree. It's less so about the plot. Like, yeah, the plot itself, if you just, like, went through, like, detailed synopsis of, like, story-wise this is what's happening it wouldn't wow me I wouldn't really think that much about it it is and I think that's what plays into like the b-horror of it all and what I I lean that way on this of loving it so much is the b-horror campiness of it obviously then like in a quote-unquote children's setting is like yeah those specific like scenes or visuals you were talking about like and I was already bringing up like yeah like dad's face getting squished into a pumpkin the zombie coming out of the wall like the mom dancing and turns into a dog, like all those things. And especially they rev up toward the end where it is just kind of like one after another, where I'm like, yeah, at this point, like it doesn't even matter what movie I'm watching. Like I'm here for like whatever this craziness is. And like, how can we keep traumatizing these children in ways that will never be repaired? Um, And so I think I agree fully with what you said. For me, that's a reason that like those scenes, while yes, I'm not going to tell you they added up to an Oscar bait plot, they mm-hmm. made this really fun and enjoyable for me to watch and something that I would definitely revisit. I, I thought the levitating scene was also kind of scary oh, if, yes. if you were a kid. But I also want to say that's the part that really of the, the brother-sister relationship that didn't stick with me because I felt like maybe this is an 80s thing because it's constantly a, a plot. I always felt like my sister's friends were nicer to me than my sister was growing up. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. always, like, so nice to me. They're like, Trevor, how's it going? Come on, let's let's hang out. And they would ask me questions. I'd be, like, doodling. It's like, let me see that doodle. And they'd be, like, so nice to me. And my, <laughs> and my sister would be like, don't be nice to him. And then take my drawing and rip it up or something. Oh, your sister's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> now she's um, cool now. <laughs> that's a good segue though because i definitely wanted to talk about as i brought up earlier that sister brother relationship in this and i think i was hinting at the fact that like kind of going off what trevor said like i feel like a lot of times in these teen movies it's like that classic like thinking of like a 2000s teen movie like like bitch of an older sister like i like opens up the bedroom door like come on idiot like we're gonna be like for school like oh, i can't believe i have to be seen with you like that type of energy and the little brother's like mm-hmm. oh whatever like fart breath like that type of shit <laughs> and we get that a little bit here where like 
he obviously thinks her like two like best friends like the twins or whatever like are idiots and to be fair Loki they are a little bit um like her bang the one girl's bangs that stick up oh. straight to the ceiling yeah. you know what I I commend her for going for it um it was certainly a look um but there was also moments and it didn't happen where it was like well yeah that comes like right at the end after it's like we've been through so much and now I can be nice to you like yeah she had her moments as I think all human big sisters do of being like yeah you're being fucking annoying like go away like we're not calling mom and dad like I have friends over but for the most part I didn't feel like they leaned heavily into that like I'm the mean older sister thing which I liked because obviously yes it makes her a like more likable character because she's not being overtly mean to him but I think like Mm -hmm. it just also played more realistic to me because it's like I fought with my siblings like I fucking fought with my siblings but like I don't think I was ever like like, yeah, like, that stereotypical, like, nasty, like, none of us were to each other. So I appreciated that there were moments, like, when, after the levitating, like, she immediately goes upstairs, and she's not like, oh, you're being such a baby. Like, she is, like, really concerned for him that he's, like, upset. Um, She cares for him. Like, there's at one point when, like, she doesn't want to go with the girls and the guys to the beach, and instead she stays home, and she shoots off, like, a rocket with him, which he's really been wanting her to do. So, like, I really appreciated that aspect of the movie as well. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts from everybody else yeah i just found her friends to be the worst her, her yeah. friends they were in suffer like why does she hang out with these people yeah that's They're, always a question they fucking nice sucked. i do think that there was like enough conflict between them to make it work where like you could tell that she was kind of at that age where she's trying to branch out and like become her own person where like she doesn't want to be called alexandra anymore she wants to be called al which like i very much get and you know she wants to like go spend the day with her the guy she likes and her friends and she doesn't want her brother to call her parents and like ruin everything but at the same time when she realizes that like he's having a hard time she buys him that rocket instead of going out with her friends and she stays with him and she comforts him so like i think that there's a really good balance there where yeah i get all of the reasons why she's being like a little bit bitchy here and there because she's a teen girl and she doesn't want to hang out with her little brother especially if she has the house to herself but she's also very like sympathetic towards him and obviously cares for him and she's like takes on that parent role while they're gone. So she kind of is like the the parental figure in a way. Um, But I think I wouldn't have liked her character very much if she had been like the Lee sisters who sucked. Yeah. I agree with all of that. (laughs) I don't have anything else to add there. You pretty much summed it up. Yeah. I mean, um, I do also want to comment though, like what were you Mm -hmm. saying? I was just going to say a very small thing, but I can say it later. I mean, I was just going to say a very small thing is that, that party that she throws where you see everybody, I have to highlight, which I feel like, not that we're dancing around it, but, like, it's it's an 80s movie. So, like, obviously oh, when you watch the movie, it's, like, 80s fashion, but, like, the fucking fashion of this party felt like- That is what I was going to bring up. It felt like the- like, It felt like when you go to, like, fucking Party City at Halloween time, and you're like, mm, what bag costume oh, yeah. do I want? 80s chick. It's, like, everyone was in that costume. Like, the epitome <laughs> of, like- 80s fashion i think honestly the ridiculous fucking bangs were like leaning heavily humorously into that um but like everyone especially the I girls would, i would be remiss to not mention both bedazzled jackets that terry wears in the first 30 yeah. minutes of this film yes. because they are a choice the first one is like a leather jacket with like a yeah. bunch of studs everywhere and the second one is like jean jacket but the same level of studding with like a big like thing on the back of it it's like known killer or something what is it yeah that's like a a canadian like heavy metal band (laughs) i'm sorry terry is not cool enough to pull off the fucking bedazzled jacket this is why i'm like he reminds he's he's just he feels like the character of eddie from the most recent yeah he does but glenn's 
But Glenn's pajamas were a fit at the beginning. <laughs> Glenn's pajamas. Although, like, he was wearing, like, a cute little, like, onesie type thing that was had, like, all astronaut stuff all over it. it was oh, really yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to bring up Terry, because Terry plays, t- as I said before, Terry is the fucking, like, punching bag of this whole Ooh. fucking movie, it feels like. Like, everything that can go wrong, it's happening to Terry. Um, but just upon meeting so. Terry, it's so interesting how they play him as well, because, like, he's, like, just look at him, like, okay, he's he's walked into the screen. Big fucking glasses, ginger, like, very nerdy looking. So you're like, so this is his, like, nerdy loser best friend. Which, to a degree, is still yes. But, like, they really play him where I'm like, are we supposed to think the that confidence. Terry is a bad boy? Terry has confidence off the fucking charts. Which, at first, I was like, okay, why, do they, why are they doing this? But then it got to a certain level where you just have to, like, at least for me, I was like, I just have to respect it. It's it, He's it, so, like... I am who I am. Like, yeah. And of course, like, he's, like, you know, troubled now that he, like, has an absent father and, like, a dead mom. So he's really into his, like, oh, this life sucks type shit. But, like, emo. from the jump, he's, like, come on, like, let's do, like, stuff we're not supposed to do. And, like, yeah, wearing his, like, rocker Eddie Munson fits the whole time. I was, like, wow, what a choice for this child. I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be the the like friends that your parents don't really like you hanging out with because the dad has a conversation with him he's like well you know your friend terry has had a rough time and when he gets mad you know because because her mom died yeah don't because yeah, you know, yeah. your mom died he's basically saying like right your friend has psych uh psychopathic tendencies <laughs> like he's just like look out for that yeah well just the things but you see him capture like birds and put it in a jar mm-hmm. and like want to kill them and like how much how much air do you think they need yeah, those are like hey man that's cruel was that <laughs> yeah, hey man that's cruel the bar is on the fucking ground for us I to know. like slim like and the stuff i know he keeps, him. He keeps uh, that's what me is like, he's like that's cruel terry's gone king release them all it's like you don't have to keep them <sighs> yeah so i don't I, think either sibling has a great set of friends in my opinion I no hey but, uh, terry's just got a difficult home life because yeah, he goes fair. home and gets a note on his fridge and the note says, Terry, gone on business, back later. Is that like, and they're I have living a business meeting, I'll be like, back in an hour? his dad doesn't take care of the house at all. <laughs> or yeah, wait, is it like wait, a business wait. trip yeah. and he'll be back in a week? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, very bad parenting, very absent. But yeah, ter- Terry, you you do feel bad for him a little bit. But he is kind of the worst. I will say they play him up to be the worst more so at the beginning. I think later in the film, because also to be fair, like at that point, like we've done the characterization. Now it's just like everyone is dealing with the demons we released. So it's less so like Terry doing something where it's like, that's not nice or whatever. But yeah, at the beginning, I feel like they lean into like, Terry is a bad boy. Like he told him (laughs) to dig up the lawn. He's just trying to make quick money on this geo. It's like he's putting moths in a jar and like, that's not nice. Which then of course we get the, I guess, justification of wing, wing, nudge, nudge. Don't forget Terry's mom's dead, which I'm (laughs) sure we're supposed to be like, Oh, so he's not really bad. He's just going through a rough patch. I think unfortunately, obviously given the fact that like, as we know, most like serial killers start by like, hurting animals or some shit it doesn't bode well for terry in our eyes but i do think terry is a little redeemable like he's he is a child at the end of the day like and also my question was like did he obviously it wasn't intentional whether he did or not but i'm like so when he like launches the dog off of himself after he's like this is not my mom like 
did he did he like launch it and then it hit the floor and it died from the fall or was it no, already I it was dead? Hell. Okay. I thought it was already dead. That was no, the impression I got. Yeah, I think it was I dead. Th- I thought they were going to be like, Terry, you killed the dog. That's what I thought. But they didn't. Well, because well, the thing is, the next dead. day, like, Terry apologizes. Well, I think he was he apologizing. Sorry, hey, and I'm they're sorry like, for your loss. Because they get the like, sympathy oh, okay. of, like, I'm sorry, your so dog's dead. Yeah. He, has em- he has empathy. He's he has sympathy. I know what it's yeah. like. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. He was really old. He was 97. 97. Much longer than that. Is that in dog years or human years? I guess what one of the one of the things that got me excited to see this movie, along with the premise and everything, is that you said it's a good blend of like kids movies and horror movies. And I actually kind of wanted to ask, generally, sort of how not only how you do your podcast, but how you watch B horror and what got like why you love B horror specifically. Because the thing that AJ and I do, well, one of the things we do is we'll send each other like three to four texts while we're watching the movie. And it be kind of, it kind of became a thing where I'll say like a, th- a phrase, not necessarily like, I hate this movie or I love this movie, but I, I, I texted you at one point. I'm like, is this the beginning to the Treehouse episode of Drake and Josh? Cause there's the rocket ship. There's the Treehouse, It explodes. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, I'm going to love this movie. And I think AJ, you told me like, you're going to love it. Uh, so I don't know if, if you I believe do that. I, I think I said, I hated it. You're going to love it. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't know if you do that. And the other thing is like, we love, uh, I love kids movies because it, it's nostalgic and it reminds me of the possibilities for like early educational, not necessarily like blues clues or PBS, but just like early content, early cinema, early films and TV for kids that can get them thinking in a different way because you know film can be art it can be good it can be uh, stimulating of the brain and all that stuff and your mind and uh your head as well and um i'm just curious what you like about the horror that also you can see let me rephrase that like what sort of drives you into be horror and what what about this specifically like fails or succeeds for you this this movie question courtesy of dewey yeah. finn yeah that, that was a sort of i, I realized i was like I'm, i guess i'm doing the dewey finn bit here <laughs> well i can definitely speak on the b-horror part i feel like anya maybe you can speak more on this movie specifically since it was your pick for the episode yeah, go for it and um, i can say also before you start when we watch yeah. these movies yeah we don't we don't tend to text each other a lot because we want the conversations to fully happen like on the pod but there have been sure. occasions where like if we just happen to watch a movie that we're like, oh, we're going to have to do this, like, Alex might text me, like, oh, my God, like, we have to use it the pod at some point. Or if we're both going in, like, dry <clears throat> to a movie, which we've done once in a while, or neither of us have seen it before we go on the pod. Like, for example, again, like, Alex might text me, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have so much to talk about. She won't necessarily say, like, because I loved her, because I hate it. But I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. That's pretty much the yeah. extent of the talking we do pre-recording. Yeah, unless Anya like logs it on Letterboxd, which she's usually yeah. pretty good about. I'll I won't really know what she thinks until we get to it. But I honestly think Anya and I could have done a podcast about any subgenre in the horror like scope because we love everything about horror. And I would say honestly, B horror is not even like top five subgenres for me if I was just gonna like watch a movie. But I think a big reason why we were drawn to it is because so many B-horror movies are like underseen and underrated and don't get a lot of people talking about them and like analyzing them and recommending them to people. So I feel like we had a huge like gold mine of 
movies that will never run out of because there's so many and there's so many different kinds of b-horror you can have really campy shit you can have stuff that's just incredibly gory with amazing practical effects um and the stories are usually i think a little they have a little bit more like loose reins because the budget is a little bit lower and maybe it's not like a big mainstream film so they can kind of do crazy weird shit which i find way more interesting than just like a beat by beat boring blockbuster film um and i think we found some of our like favorite horror movies from this podcast because we've like branched out to watch things that maybe we'd never heard of that we only have like read an article about and it's fun to be able to like share it with other people and it yeah that's my answer yeah and then to quickly piggyback off of that I agree with everything that she said and I think yeah like sometimes the fun thing about B-Horrors like sometimes you'll watch something and you're like genuinely like I think this is a really good movie like and I and because it's B-Horror maybe is less talked about less known like I'm so glad I discovered it and now I want to share that with other people but even like when we watch shit that like is really silly or whatever like I also really love movies that are just like like when I think about other movies we've done like Basket Case or whatever where it's like this is a movie that like I I can't wait to sit and watch with my friends. Like, I think that for mm-hmm. me is a big thing. Like, anything that I'm like, this is a movie I have to run and tell, like, three friends about. Like, okay, just hear me out, just hear me out. Like, but in, like, act two, like, somebody, like, uh, like somebody's butthole explodes or, like, some crazy <laughs> shit. And I'm like, and it's so gore, you have to see it. Like, that type shit is so fun. And one of the things, not even just with horror, but, like, that makes movies so fun and exciting is, like, that shared experience and being like, no, no, you have to see it for yourself. Like, I could tell you about it, but you have to experience it. And I think you get a lot of that in B-Horror, which also has drawn me to it. But specifically about The Gate, I you asked so many questions, Trevor, so now my mind is like, I know, what I, exactly did you I was ask? kind of rambling. I'm like, what am I actually trying to ask here? Um, <laughs> well, you're answering all of it, so <laughs> it's good. Um, I mean, I think, once again, like, specifically with The Gate, um, for me, I mean, we already, I already talked about to a certain degree, like, I like all those crazy scenes, especially when they rev up at the end, where it is, like, yeah, like, if this is somebody, like, even, like, Alex, like, I knew going in, like, Alex isn't really into, like, that suburban boys on bikes type genre of horror or really any movie, where I really am, but I was like, well, there's, like, crazy shit in this, there's, like, crazy little gremlin boys, and, like, like, crazy shit, and so, like, she's gonna want to see it just based on that alone, um, even if it's just one time. I think for me, though, like, specifically about this movie that also drew me to it is um yeah like as I said like it's that suburban horror but I think like and I think debatably this is what the director wanted like I watching it even the horror aside like it felt in ways like my own childhood like I am a middle child I have an older brother younger sister so like there's also three kids in this movie so it felt like to a degree like watching me and my like siblings and like then my brain starts turning like yeah like we were left home alone a good amount of the time we had a dead Mm -hmm. fucking tree at one point removed from our backyard (laughs) demons did not Mm -hmm. fucking come out of the ground so I was like what if they had and we were home alone like that's like that plays back into like the suburban horror those things really affect me because of the fact that I lived in the same house my whole life growing up I lived in suburbia I have siblings like all that like familial stuff for as like corny as it is and I would never say it to my actual family like it is it does matter to me and it does have an effect on me and then I think when you throw in horror elements to that it is really enticing because yeah ever since like a young age it's always made my imagination start going where I'm like what would we do would we survive like what how horrifying would that be and like that is for well for some people they're like that's traumatizing for me it's like no that's like fun like I I want to see like how far I can push my mental limit to like what would be the worst thing I can see and I think while this movie for me was not more traumatizing than Poltergeist although I didn't watch it when I was a child um I think it played into that love 
and reminded me, as I said, of Poulter. It also reminded me of the Evil Dead to a certain extent. In ways. Absolutely. Um, but very much Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, this feels like Poltergeist if they really tried to gear it more toward kids, but still geared it toward traumatizing them. Um, <laughs> so I think it played into my love of that. And that was like something that originally at a young age got me into movies, got me into horror, got my mind turning as a storyteller. Um, so yeah, sorry, Trev, you asked like fucking no, five questions. Okay. So I feel like I had to <laughs> keep just... talking for like a minute. I, I feel like a lot of that, and just and then I'll shoot it to AJ. Probably has some things, but just to first segue, like I, I that's because what that's what I like about the B horrors that I've seen. And you think of movies that are really original and can get away with things. Like this is the genre to get away with things. Yeah, and and like they're not gonna make a like a blockbuster movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which oh, they're they, they just announced a video game by the way. So maybe I, I just sent it to Alice earlier. I was like, I cannot. Yeah. And it's we the same team that did the Friday Clown. the Thirteenth game, which okay. I love. So I was like, oh, can't wait. But they're they're not really. They won't do that kind of thing as like a blockbuster movie unless it becomes a remake or reboot or it comes back into like the cult sphere they become cult classics and they become underrated gems and they become mm-hmm. the movie that the select few people that found it at a blockbuster or Hollywood video or at the video store at the time grabbed the VHS because the main movie that was out that, that time was out, uh, was not there. So you had to pick something else out and then it became a word of mouth success. And that's what I kind of love about that. And some of uh, the deep cuts that AJ and I do um, that's sort of the, the, I feel like the magic that, we don't get to celebrate as much as like B-horror. I agree completely. Now, it's time for our first ever with two guests. No. Um, oh, wow. Everybody's favorite part of every episode, which is the Q and Slay. <laughs> okay, so we've got a lot to tackle. We're not going to go crazy fast, but we're going to like try to be on it so we're not, you know, doing a long ass to tangential answer like I feel like we just were on <laughs> um okay so for the first question that I will pose to the group um is what was everybody's favorite either kill although there weren't like a lot of kills in this movie so either kill or like <laughs> did practical anyone actually effect. die did I mean anyone they genuinely died. Die? They that doesn't count yeah no one died no. yeah is this our first movie where no one dies well I have an answer, but yeah, I was I was yeah. like waiting for it. I was writing it down. I'm like, no, he didn't die. So it's, I, it's, I, the question is always like kill or practical effect. Yeah, sure. So you can answer I, that loosely. That's what was kind of frustrating is I feel like also and why this movie kind of fell off is I was expecting either kills or sort of something that I'm like, oh yeah, this came out. Demons came out. But I never knew if it was all in their head or if it was an actual physical thing. Or if mm-hmm. it was just a, a like manifestation. I could never tell because it changed. Because those gremlin dudes were real, but the mom ghost was not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The construction ghost was maybe real. I don't know. It was not consistent. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I so guess- what was your favorite killer practical yeah. effect, Trevor? Uh, well, I texted you about two minutes before it happened, AJ. I said... If this little dude does not shoot a rocket at this giant monster and explode, I'm rioting. And then two minutes later, he shot the giant, he shot the toy rocket that they've been setting up the whole movie at the giant monster and it exploded. It was great. It did indeed. <laughs> the only thing about that scene is how unrealistic it is that he just happened to have two D batteries on hand. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. put no. Come on. It was a flashlight. The most uncommon it was a, battery oh, it was you can D fucking battery. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
ridiculous. Maybe it was in the eighties. It was more common. I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe whatever. It was stupid. I think a lot <laughs> of what goes on in this up. movie is more common in the eighties, including just casually traumatizing the youth. So, so he needed them for the big boombox because that was the boombox that he used to throw at the the construction worker who just paused and then went ah. <laughs> right as they do of course um my favorite effect is um easily when the workman corpse falls to the ground and then it becomes a bunch of little gremlin oh, guys yeah. and, they're just like, <laughs> and they run out after him i think that that cut is so great i guess it's not really a practical effect but i i viewed them as like little stop motion people I don't, I don't know if in that scene they were to real degree, men i consider stop motion practical too because it's an art no, yeah, you I have do. to like physically yeah. make with your hands yeah right. but if they but if it wasn't stop motion if it was just men in suits then I'm, that's still my pick it was just such a great moment of like here's this really scary corpse oh now it is a bunch of tiny little demons coming at me i love that see mine's similar to yours alex in that it's when this was actually already mentioned but when the arm gets mm-hmm. shut in the door and then it turns into yeah. a bunch of little worms and i thought that was yeah. really cool that was great yeah i love that I just like little creatures i can't believe nobody took mine i mean we already talked about it but i really love dad with the squashed pumpkin head when yeah, he's like get off me and it just like like of course it's like it really plays into the horror of that scene of like being a kid already it's like these aren't my parents are not acting right dad's choking me already scary and then it's like get off oh my god dad's head is becoming a fucking caved in pumpkin disturbing mm-hmm. i also wanted to make mention- that was my honorable mention yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes i need to make mention it was very early on because moths to a degree play a big part in this movie no huge explanation as to why we're just supposed to be like yes they're creepy and part of the demons <laughs> um but there's a scene early on i believe when he still has like the mods in the jar or whatever. And there's like light coming from somewhere. I want to say outside, but it's casting a shadow of the mods on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's like this purple lighting. And it's like these big moth shadows on the wall, which of course I always think anything like that of like the traumatizing SpongeBob close up of the butterfly. And I was like, yeah, any like big <laughs> bug thing yes. happening. I don't, I'm not scared of moths, oh, yeah. but like, yeah, if you gave me a moth that big crawling around, that would freak me out. So that also I, I wrote down yeah. in case someone had taken the squashed head one. I also did enjoy right after they see the demons for the first time where they run in the house to call for help and the red landline phone just kind of like melts yeah. into itself. I really enjoyed that. That was cool. Yes. Love a good melting moment. Yeah. All I, right. I, uh, I mm-hmm. did like the, uh, the fact that they managed to get so many robots to deliver lines the way that they did. I don't know how they robots? access robots like that God. in the eighties. He's talking about the line delivery was not good. And it was oh very God, Trevor, well, that's that's a Trevor, you were out of pocket saying it was on par with Troll Two. Yeah, no, it seriously. was not Troll Two. Bad. Nothing. No, is just troll one. Per- no, just one actor. Just one. Just one performance. I think was. Okay. Whatever, girl. Well, I will now pose to the group <laughs> as a great too. segue, Trevor. Thank you. What is your favorite line from this film? AJ, why don't you start us? I have a great one. Yeah, I have a great one in the spirit of old kids movies. Well, ever since I burned a hole in the roof, my dad says I'm not allowed to launch any rockets without supervision. Nice. And I love that they cut to like the singed roof when they said it. Yeah. (laughs) He's so cute. Glenn is amazing. He is, sweetie. Trevor, what's your favorite line? Suck my nose till my head caves in. That was a good one. (laughs) And then it immediately cuts to, you ever want like a brother or a sister or anything? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) after they're just having this huge argument they're just like oh you ever want like he's so casually he's like oh you ever want like a brother or sister or something well it's kind of like that shit where if like you see like a kid screaming in public and then you turn to your friend you're like you ever wanted kids it's like no <laughs> i actually haven't thanks 
<laughs> if I did, I don't anymore. Yeah, it's like, if you did, you don't anymore. Um, this line truly, like, had made me cackle. It's when the boys are watching in um, on the party, like, eating, like, pizza in the kitchen. They're not supposed to go in. And the one girl who's, like, all on her magic shit and is, like, talking about, like, levitation oh and they're all, like, making fun of her. And it cuts to Glenn and Glenn is, like, um, he turns to Terry and it's specifically the delivery. Like, it's so funny because he turns to Terry he's, like, you believe in all that stuff? In which, of course, we're expected to believe Terry's going to be, like, no. And Terry just so matter-of-factly, like, very nonchalant, like, just, like, shakes his head kind of, like, to be, like, yeah, I do. <laughs> And then immediately Glenn goes, yeah, me too. And then it's just like so <laughs> casual. And I was like, only children could sell that line of being like, you believe in fucking magic? Oh, yeah. Well, me too, obviously. You know, for sure. I, I loved it. It's like, That's I don't believe line. in that stuff. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I was just kidding. Of course I believe in that. I was yeah. just like testing you. That's so great. fun. <sighs> that, that really should have been my favorite line. That's a good one. My favorite That's line is good. not really like a funny line in any way. I didn't really think... Aside from, honestly, the three that you guys picked, I don't think the script is, like, stellar. Um, but I like the scene when Glenn is trying desperately to get Al to listen to him and call their parents. And she's not listening. And she's like, what is your problem? I just love the way he goes, you, Alexandra. It, like, <laughs> brought me back to my childhood. And I have to make mention of something that happens. I do not like it. No. I do not condone it. Because he says the F word, which I don't like. But the yes. fucking delivery with which Stephen Dorff gets up stops looks very briefly over his shoulder at the boyfriend calls him the f word and then fucking runs out of the room was like if that wasn't the word they used that would have been such a fucking funny moment i mean you sadly, can see him like, like yeah. mustering up yeah, the, the strength to say just shut up and then he whispers it and then he runs away. <laughs> I, I ran it back because i didn't remember i was like there's no yeah. way he just said the F slur. Because and it's yeah. also like one because that's like obviously like you hope a child wouldn't say that, but also right. it is the delivery of it because it's just like bam out of the room. And I was he like He knows he's not supposed to say it. He knows it's bad, but he's trying I, to be so literally like a big I, I literally shot. like reversed it. I was like, there's no fucking way. And I was like, oh my god, he literally just did that. Just the way yeah. he looks wow. at him over his shoulder like killed me. It's just mm. like I'm I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna run away. Well, because good. he's also so sweet and innocent the whole time. I and know. like, yes, he's doing the classic like you're like yeah like i said like you're a fart head or whatever type mm -hmm. insults but like that one is so heavy that you're like my god glad <laughs> the, the, the lee sisters goes like try on cool or something and i'm like mm -hmm. oh you're so hip the delivery of that line was incredible and and it it's it's not like yeah obviously don't condone the word and everything it was just I was so shocked. I like uncomfortably laughed because I'm like, did this movie just drop this? And then a few like scenes later, they dropped the R word. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. That was like. It's sad because unfortunately, like not to ever oh. give any of these things an excuse. Right. They've always been bad. But obviously a movie that takes place in 1987. Like I always, my thing I always oh, think yeah, of is like obviously. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's a wholesome movie. It's a fun time in everyone until the most recent one. Um, which I guess is just two. But, like, there's always a scene in the movie where they, like, in unison, they're, like, mm, saying the slur, which, like, obviously at the time was supposed to, like, I guess play humorously, where, like, I always see people saying in, like, reviews or whatever, where they're, like, I love this movie. I love these characters. I would die for them. Only thing I would change is them saying that one fucking line. And it's, like, mm -hmm. yeah, because anytime yeah. you insert in anything, it's just, like, all of a sudden you hear it and you, like, shrivel. You're, like, oh, my God. Why mm -hmm. would you put that in there where obviously we're living mm -hmm. in different times now where if that was in a movie immediately it would be 
bad news for everyone. We're like, yeah, in the 80s, it was just like, yeah, of course we throw that around. Yeah, I didn't really expect it in this film, no. but like, it doesn't surprise me of yeah. any movie of the time. No. Well, it's, it's, I, I think would... it, oh, sorry, AJ, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think it's the doubling down. It's like, so he says, shut up, and then he drops it. And then, like you said, there's the R slur. And then there's like a line where it's like, where is he? And he's like, he's probably F slurring off. And they, it's, it's, it's the multiple uses. Mm-hmm. Like the first time, oh, does that age well? I don't know. <laughs> and then it's okay. You guys got to cool it a bit. Right. We, yeah. we have a section in our, in our show about things that don't age well. So I was like writing this down. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not a section here. <laughs> I mean, because right, obviously, visual, yeah. <laughs> visual effects and just like, I feel like the the characters in a B horror are often way more offensive than like a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. To move into our third, before we get to the OGs, um, so I'll explain in case it's just unclear originally for you boys. So this question is: If you were in this movie in this universe or whatever. Who would be your partner in crime? Now, you can interpret that however you want. In the past, you've interpreted it as like, who would I want to be my boyfriend or my lover? Who would I want to be my best friend? Who would I just think I would survive with? Like, who would you hitch your wagon to and for what reason of the characters in this movie? Trevor, I can start, start just to give. No, oh, actually, yeah, you can start. Just as an example. So they yeah, like, yeah, have no, an that's, idea. That's um, I would pick Angus because Aww. he is the best boy. And I would not have let him die. I would not carry around his corpse all day long like that fucking guy did. But I would have protected him and he would have been my ride or die. And I loved him and he was fluffy and beautiful. So I picked the dog. I agree. He was my pick because I didn't like any of the characters in this movie. (laughs) And at least I would have some wholesome, good company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though I'm allergic, I, I would have rather spent my last few minutes with no one else in this movie than Angus. Wow, fuck you, Lee sisters. He's gonna take a stuffy nose. I chose the levitation girl. I don't even know her name. <laughs> oh, the girl that was like That's a good pick. The girl that didn't belong yeah. at that party at she all. She was like, oh, I won't see that again. I don't know. I just thought she was all like quirky and silly, and I think she'd be fun to 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 get a drink with and and discuss the universe or something. Like I feel like she has some some interesting, not very insightful things to say, but I think it would be fun to uh to 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 have sort of just like a, a chance encounter and just like walk around and 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 learn and and then tell people like yeah I hung out with this person and uh we 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 had we ordered the same sandwich and then she said it's fate that we hang out for five hours and walk on the pier and I'm like oh okay and just I, I don't know I was sort of like was writing some ideas down about a, a script <laughs> what the fuck? cool that's a good pick <laughs> it's called the levitation girl and I don't know. Amazing! <laughs> wow, I wasn't prepared for all that. That didn't um, happen. I, I I made all that up now. But <laughs> um, I think it's come to no surprise to most. My pick is Terry. Mm. Um, Ugh. I find Terry, despite his actions in the beginning, I give him some grace. He's a child who lost his mother and has no, pretty much no family other than his friends' family now, which they're very good. I feel like about like having him over, taking him in, looking out for him. Because, yes, I think Terry is funny. He he makes me laugh. But mostly I'm picking Terry because here's the thing. If we're in this universe, we're all fucked, right? Like, we're all going to have to deal with this demon shit. Like, there's no way out of it. No one is safe. But if I have Terry by my side, I know, like, kind of nine times out of ten, Terry's taking the brunt of whatever is happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that zombie's coming out of the wall and I'm in the room with Terry, it's taking Terry. Like, I don't have to worry about it. If the hole opens up and someone's got to fall in, 
it's fucking Terry. I'll help get him out, but I don't want to be the bitch that falls in. So it's truly self-preservation as well that I'm picking Terry because I'm like, how can I best myself to give myself like the greatest advantage in not getting fucked over? It's by having Terry in the room with you at all times. He really You're employing what Survivor fans call as the meat shield strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I literally and Jeff Probst would be so proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Terry. He got a fucking I, like powerful buck tooth bite at the end of that movie. Oh his his grip was unreal. When he was yeah, when he became like a rat boy. <laughs> that was the only kind of blood yeah. of the whole movie is when she then shoves yeah. the Barbie leg in his eye. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was also gruesome. Um, Y'all are sleeping on Levitation Girls. I feel like she probably has some like secret, secret knowledge of the demons more so than Terry. Like I think she should have been uh, a, a bigger companion in this movie. Is yeah, she? In I the think sequel? that she's too. I think I I respect her her game. Like I respect that she is who she is, and she has her own set of skills and knowledge. I just think the way she plays is like obviously they're in high school. Like none of these other kids are going to be like she's cool. Like to them they're like she's the weird one. So she maybe got, like, tangentially invited to this party, but, like, sister was not trying to, like, be besties with her, especially based on her other friend choices. So, sadly, like, she was never going to be part of the group. So, now let's move on to the even more exciting part of the human sleigh, which is our final part of the episode, in which we each individually present the group with an original question um, that you may also answer after the group answers. Um, Truly, all that we ask is that it in some way relates back to the film that we watched. Um, So, I'll just go based on how my screen is laid out trevor what is your og mm-hmm. question for the group oh so okay um well i, I kind of brought and don't make I, it a five question question it's not <laughs> it's not i brought some of our show into this and okay. my my question is if there was a remake who would you cast for glenn and terry i don't have a ton of knowledge of like child actors i feel like if this was made five four or five years ago maybe not even that long ago i would obviously pick jacob tremblay Yes. Well, Glenn. you guys always have to, like pick Jacob Tremblay. Really <laughs> Jacob Tremblay is my child. I'm obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then maybe uh, I would probably make Terry a female, and I would have it be maybe one of the little female uh, actors from Haunting of Hill House. Honestly, any of them because they're all excellent. Yeah, actually, I would I would go as far to make it b- two g- girls. Um, and I think I would go with Brooklyn Prince because she's mm-hmm. so fucking talented. So and then, um, yeah, Hill House was actually like such a good example. Actually, now great. that I say that, I feel like, wait, I think I would do um, Brooklyn Prince. And then, um, hold on, I'm just trying to figure out, pick it, pull out his name. I'm going back to Boy Girl. Brooklyn Prince and, um, oh, here it is, Julian Hilliard. Because when he was Great. in um, Greener Grasses, like, I think he's a, a wonderful actor, but he was in Greener Grasses, he proved that he can also do, like, the silly comedy of it all. So I would say Julian Hilliard for um, Terry and Brooklyn Prince for Glenn. That's my cast. That, movie's, that movie is so absurd. Greener Grass, yeah. I love the scene when he's on the toilet, and she's like, just please, like, go to the bathroom, whatever the fuck it is. And he's like, I could stay here all day. <laughs> so I'm sure I was trying to figure out the kid's name because uh mm-hmm. he just was always sufficiently creepy. His name is Jackson Robert Scott. He was the kid who played George Denborough in the 2017 It remake. <gasps> I love him. He's a cutie. He is so cute. Yeah. I I literally have a pop figurine of him over in my shelf Aww. over there. But I uh I, I would choose him as probably um probably the main kid and then terry would probably be i feel like you could get jacob tremblay in the role because he's baby enough that he could pass for like yeah. a young 14 mm-hmm. year olds yeah yeah definitely. yeah 
So right. I'll default and go with Jacob Tremblay. Oh yeah, nice. We Always a good answer. So so I, I was on the right thinking when I was going to say Jacob Tremblay, and then I thought about Good Boys, and I thought about some of the characters in that, and I was looking up their names just to be sure, and I actually wanted to to choose for um for Terry the kid whose party it was. It's Isaac Wang or Isaac Wang. Mm-hmm. He's like the kid Ooh, that they go call. to the parties. He, he would be Terry because he's kind of like cool, like too cool for school. Mm-hmm. And that would be the. the Wait, is thing. that the kid that like wants to do theater in the movie? The other white kid? No, no that's Brady Noon. Yeah, yeah. No, this 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 kid is. Um, he's not in the trio, right? He's yeah, the he's cool not in the kid trio. That invites them to the party. I know what you're talking he's about. Never mind. I know what you're talking about. And then I would choose Keith L. Williams, who's who is the character who has the the divorced divorcing parents. I think he would be great for Len because he's kind of just all over the place in that movie, and I think he'd be kind of fun here. And I think yeah, I, having I them be, sort of be in a movie together could work really well. Um, also add some diversity to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, it sure. as well. Absolutely. Those are great picks. <gasps> so fun. Oh. All right, Miss Alex, it's time for your OG Me? question. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you were lucky enough to be able to have one of those little demon boys as a pet. <laughs> enough. Lucky. What would you name him? <laughs> what would I name him? Oh, what would you name damn. him? Um... <laughs> Smorky. Is that your answer, Smorky? Smorky. Cool. Okay. Good answer. I don't know why. It's just it looks it's like similar a to my to answer. Kind of. In it's I'd name him Firewood because I just Firewood. throw him in the, in the nearest garden. Those things Damn. were creepy. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Firewood. I'm just thinking very seriously as if he is going to show up. I'm gonna name mine Oyster Cracker. <laughs> Simply um, because I find joy in just naming things after like random items, specifically food items. Like, mm-hmm. like I think like if I had a dog and I named it Toast, like that's really cute and fun. I like that oyster cracker. Like has no makes no fucking sense in this context, which is why I think it's a perfect name because this okay, problem so have, doesn't make any fucking sense. With Smorky, Firewood, Firewood, and Oyster Cracker. Wow, I'm so pleased. The boys My are back in town. <laughs> I thought this question, and within. Half a second, my brain said, Gleb. Gleb. I just pulled something in my jaw. <laughs> Gleb. Um, and then I actually Googled it today, and it's a Slavic name, meaning heir of God, which is oh very God. ironic for a demon. So I would name him Gleb. Wow. I feel like there should be a meme where it's like me and the boys on the way to like whatever. And it's and just the you- gremlin dudes. <laughs> I want that. Um, thank you for that idea. I will be using that for our social okay, media. Great. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Me and the boys um, on the way to see the Barbie movie or something. Yeah, like, no, literally, four watch. tickets to the Barbie movie, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, AJ, your original question. All right, well, I copped out and I chose one of our categories from the old kids' movies. And I am asking everybody, what is your favorite member berry from this movie? Now, let me explain what that means if you're not a South Park fan. Basically, what in this movie tickled your nostalgia funny bone that made you want, like, reminisce very much about like being a kid a piece of technology a certain relationship a line anything that made you kind of feel like or want to feel like being a kid again and i'll just give an example to start it off what i wrote down is the scene where terry is like home alone and he's jumping on the bed blaring the music and playing the air guitar that is a thousand percent something that i used to do when i was home alone and I was like, you know, the first time you're home alone, like, what am I going to do? And like, you're not going to do anything too bad to get in trouble, but you're just going to like blare music and jump around and scream. And like, you're an awesome air guitarist when you're eight years old or nine um, years old yeah. home alone. 
So that is what I defaulted to. And that was a big nostalgia trigger for me. So I, I throw it to the group. Um, I am familiar with South Park and your podcast. So I already knew all about member berries. Um, <laughs> mine is going to be so like weirdly specific. And I'm, it's going to sound like I'm joking, but I'm not joking. The scene where Terry gets up right before he sees his dead mom. And he just like is having a sleepover at his friend's house. It's the middle of the night. He gets up. He's like, and he just walks to go to the bathroom. Something about that. I just like had this, like literally while watching it, I was having this moment of like, one, like having sleepovers. Like, yeah, I don't do that anymore. And like, that was such a time. But also like that weird feeling that like, obviously I don't really tap into this in the movie. It's just like something I was projecting. But like that weird feeling, yeah, when you like wake up in your friend's house, where even if you've been there before, it's like not your house. And then like being awake by yourself at night. And like that, yeah, like that weird feeling of like, I feel like I would sooner just be like, go back to sleep. Just go back to sleep. You don't need to pee that bad. Then like get up because they're, not even because I'd be scared, but I'd be like, the idea of like how awkward would it be if like I ran into one of their parents on the way to the bathroom, which like in reality would not be awkward at all. It'd be normal. But like as a child, I'm like, I would sooner piss in my sleeping bag than get up and use that fucking bathroom in somebody else's house. So, like, when he did that, I was like, Terry, what are you doing? Um, so that was my member barrier, remembering, you know, how I've always lived with that anxiety of any social interaction. <laughs> um, I kind of already talked about mine briefly, but it would definitely be – it's a very brief scene where uh, Al is going to, like, hang out with her friends and Glenn and Terry are trying to get her to stay and, like, shoot off rockets and they're like come on Al and she's like don't call me that call me Alexandra and obviously I was the opposite because growing up everyone called me Alexandra and once I started to like have autonomy and be my own person I was like mm, that's not my name don't call me that I'm Alex so it very much brought me back mm. to that like you know time like right around high school where I was trying to find my own identity and didn't want like my family to fucking talk to me <laughs> and to call me this name that I didn't associate with myself anymore so that yeah that was very like on the nose for me i i want to say something about sleepovers is is you're totally right that like that's that is such a big change and i feel like the evolution of that as you grow older changes because it used to be like oh i'm going to sleep over this weekend mm -hmm. it's like the big event it's so yeah. exciting what what can you do that you couldn't do after school with your friend when you're hanging out it's 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 10 p.m instead now sleepovers are like oh shit i drank too much do you mind if i crash on your couch dude yeah sure go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I feel like know. there's almost an aversion to sleepovers now because I feel like with most of my friends, like, it's, like, not because you don't like your friend or whatever, like, but it is just, like, yeah, I'd much rather sleep in my own bed. Um, Like, yeah. I really have to have to stay over to do it. Like, and I think that comes from even as a child, whether you realize it or not, like, there's just, like, that sense of, like, wanting your own space, like, wanting your individualized sense of self. Or, like, I think when you mm -hmm. grow up and you live in a house with your parents and you, like, might share a room or whatever, it's not your house. Like, the idea of, like, I get to go to my friend's house and blah, blah, blah. It's, like, just us. And, like, it's a whole event. Like, there is that, like, independence feeling to well, it. Where then, pizza. like, Yeah, like, when you become an adult and it's, like, well, I can kind of do whatever the fuck I want. And I have my own yeah. room. I have my own bed. I have my own place. And it's, like yeah, I'm always going to prefer to, like, sleep there and be there at the end of the day than, like, sleep on your couch or, like, try to squeeze into your bed with you, um, mm -hmm. which I think is an yeah. interesting evolution. But I I'll say that my actual, like, top member berry, I think, was just playing in the backyard and For all sure. the exciting possibilities there was, including unleashing demons. But uh, yeah. I, I was jealous I, of that backyard. I, I always nice thought backyard. there was, yeah, I always thought there was hidden treasure in my backyard. Not for any reason, not like I found clues, but I just thought like, well, there's hidden treasure underground, so there must be in my backyard. Oh, I thought the same shit. I was like, there might be a fucking dinosaur skeleton under here for all we like, fucking know. know. 
why 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 can't there be like obviously now i grew older and i realized it wasn't in my backyard it was in my neighbors so that's why i never found it of course but Mm -hmm. just uh just finding rocks and getting excited by that i (laughs) i super like look if you ever go to a cabin town in california they're 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 all the little gift shops they have little like rock those 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 things where you have the bag and you can get the nice um the nice rock tumbled rocks that look all pretty in their different colors and you get the little bag of rocks. That is the shit. That well, is, I used to be is... a rock kid too. Very oh, much. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a uh, uh, Hank in breaking bad. in that one. Little... Jesus. <laughs> They're minerals, Trevor. They're minerals. <laughs> anyway, that's my answer. All right. Hopefully this last question will be easy. Um, I will pose it to the group. Um, my OG question is because obviously once again, Trevor and AJ, you come from a background of really knowing your shit when it comes to kids' movies. And obviously, they're trying to convince us that this is a children's horror. So I will ask everybody, what is your favorite um, children's horror piece of media? That's a tough one for me, girl. I know. Oh, man, that's tough. To make it easier for you, I don't know, to make it easier for you, Alex, so that we can extend it to, like, if it's a show or, like, an episode of a show or something. Does you know, it they like, like their Halloween episodes and all that shit. That might shit. have to be it. Do you mean, like, children's... A, a, a children's content that ha- that is horror. Yes, like, like something that is geared okay. toward a younger child okay, toward, family toward, audience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your okay. favorite episode of Goosebumps, Trevor? I don't know actually, but uh, is that is that a real question or you're just saying that? It, it was it was a sub prompt, okay. but <laughs> sub prompt help help you along. Yeah, my answer. You know would what just I want to go with? A, go ahead, Alex. I would just say the entirety of Are You Afraid of the Dark because nice. there was nothing scare i watched a lot of horror as a child like way too much shit that i should not have seen um but for some reason the scariest like memories i have is sitting on my mom's bed when are you afraid of the dark would start and they would have that music and the canoe and like the swing going and i was like real scared it was like 8 p.m and i was like all covered up with a blanket terrified my favorite have you watched the new series no at all not uh you're a big it's fan. It's genuinely yeah. fucking awesome. Oh, good. Like it's three. Like the first. They, I think they. I think it's really good in two, and it's pretty good in three. Like three was like genuinely creepy. Uh, and they've. It's like a series of mini series. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Hell yeah! I, like very strongly recommend it if you can find yeah. it. I'll watch it. So I, I'm gonna cheat and do two because I'm gonna do a movie and an episode. But mm-hmm. movie, I would say is Monster House. I think Monster House is easily my favorite. Like. It's Halloween. It's like genuinely, it's like they're scary parts. Like that whole part where the hand, the shadow hand, like kind of comes in when DJ's sleeping, when he has a dream. And mm-hmm. then it just like clamps down on him when he wakes up. It's excellent. Uh, like the, the fact that they had to make the characters come back up at the end of the movie so that it wasn't rated PG 13, I think is super yeah. cool and just shows how effectively creepy it is. Favorite episode, I have to shout out Avatar The Last Airbender again, The Puppet Master. The one where Katara learns bloodbending. Yeah. And then it ends with, it's like the, the bad person wins. She's like, congratulations, cool. Katara, you're a bloodbender. Oh my God, chills every time. Like the close-ups of her face is like Hana's face when she's like getting what she wants. It's so good. Uh, so I will I will give that a shout out as well. Wow. Yeah. Did not expect an Avatar The Last Airbender answer. Trevor, have you come up with anything? I don't want to be like too basic, but I, I feel like I just love the movie and the style too much, and it, it just affected how I watch movies now. Is Nightmare Before Christmas? It's an I, excellent I, answer. That's literally I, one of my I, favorite. It's just kind of basic, so you know. Years. 
it's just I've seen that movie so many times, like who the hell knows how many times. And I think I like J- I, I as a child, I liked James and the Giant Peach more and have more fondness with that. But that I remember before Christmas, it's just like a perfect movie. It's so creative and interesting and original and spectacular and musical and fabulous. And I still have yet to see a movie like it. So, yeah, it's also scary and creepy and just the character design is so creepy. And it's also very Christmassy at times. So, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's an excellent answer. I mean, I think Nightmare for Christmas is a work of creative genius. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a Christmas movie. And anyone that thinks otherwise is wrong. Um, anyways, I'm going to do an AJ and I'm going to cheat a little bit too. Because I'm going to say a movie and an episode. I'll start with the episode. It's definitively in my head what is the best Goosebumps episode, which is The Haunted Mask. Um, yep. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect piece of television. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll leave it there. I just think it's so fucking good. And, I, you know, I love the fact that it takes place on Halloween. Like, any of that shit, I'm going to eat up every time. For me, movie-wise, there's so many I feel like I could pick from. But one that has had, a like, a lasting effect still now. They all have in their own way. But I'm going to go with Coraline. Um, mm. I actually read the book in middle school. It was assigned to us. We had to do it as class reading, which one of those things where I look back sometimes at the class reading we did and like, I'm thankful for them all. Like I love them, but it is just like, what if a low-key, a traumatizing pick for us to read? <laughs> because like Coraline, the book is very good. And I saw it before the movie came out because it was before the movie came out. And it kind of plays back into that thing I was saying with like that fear of like losing your parents and like, you know, the threat on your family. And obviously she has to face it alone. And obviously it's really fun the way that they play with this like creepy otherworldly other world. Um, I just think so much of it is so effective. I remember there's one specific thing, even just in the book when she like her parents had been taken and she's like getting ready. She's like, I'm going to have to fight the other mother. And she goes back to her normal house. Like she's like, okay, next day I'm going to have to go and like do this battle. And she gets in her parents' bed and she's just like, they're gone. I don't know where they are. And she's home. Like she's by herself. It feels like she's alone in the world. And she like props up pillows in the bed to like feel like they're there with her. And she just sleeps curled up in their bed. I remember like that reading it, like emotionally affecting me so much. I was like, because I still feel this way about my parents. I love my parents. I'd be devastated if I lost them. But especially in middle school, I was like, Mm -hmm. I would have to be I feel like taken to the psych ward if I lost my parents like I feel like I would just lose it like I would not be able to function um and thus Coraline has had a lasting effect on me I think about it quite often yeah good answer I would like to also throw in before we wrap this up the uh, all three scary stories to tell in the dark books Mm, because yes those were like the epitome of my childhood they're iconic so scary such a great gateway for children to read horror Absolutely. That is epitome of the illustrations haunting. Mm -hmm. I wish I could count the 1990 It miniseries because I saw that when I was 10 and like instantly became obsessed. You can count it. I want to check it's not intended for children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Children in it. Um, (laughs) Wah, wah. Uh, Anyways, okay. So I guess that concludes, concludes, Lord have mercy, (laughs) concludes the Q and Slay, which means we must finish out the episode now um, with our ranking system. Um, So as a reminder to everybody, it's a ranking system out of five stars. On our scale, we go with horror stock characters, like as our rating system. So from one to five, it is busty blonde, stoner bro, dumb jock, boy next door, final girl. Once again, I'll go down the line. Trevor, what is your final rating of this movie? I feel like it is, it's like a 
a stoner conspiracy theorist with a skateboard. But I was just like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I, I I rank this, where it's kind of in between the two of like, yeah, it's a stoner like kind of leaning towards that, but also like leaning, it's like trying to grasp that, trying to get to that jock level of like. Well, at least I skateboard and, and like good at skateboarding. <laughs> I'm not loving like really explaining this. So you're giving I it a two point five is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm giving it a two point five out of five. Great. Okay, Alex. Um, I am in agreement. It is a basketball player who failed his drug test. It's two point five for me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn. Okay, AJ. All right. Well, I was actually leaning towards when I Right before I got to the end, I was like, it's a busty blonde kind of leaning stoner, bro. But by the time I got to the end of it, I'm like, this is this is a very comfortable, content, give me a bag of chips stoner, bro, I think. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I feel You're seen. We should have you on every month, guys. <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm going to really tip the fucking scales because I'm giving this a solid boy next door. Um, I, wow. I have to stand by that, we got my that little man. Going. Um, yeah, I just, I just think it, it brings me comfort in a way that like feels like it would be nostalgic for me. Like it's one of those things where you watch it and I'm like, I seen this for the first time, but why does it feel like I've, this is something from my youth. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot, even though like maybe the pacing isn't the best, it is still like a tight 85. So even if it's like the pacing isn't the best, you still don't really in theory have to wait a hell of a long amount of time to get to stuff happening. And like, sure, maybe it happens and then it's over, but it happens. Um, and I think it's all fun. <laughs> and as I said, pretty much everything is in the episode. I really appreciate the sibling relationship. I appreciate the setting of it all. I appreciate, even though I feel like I might've been pitching it like I wasn't, I appreciate that this is traumatizing to children. Like I appreciate the choices they made. There was also a scene where they have a goddamn photo on the wall and Glenn sees it. And it's literally of his family, like butchered, except for him. Like, yeah. I love that detail. I know. I was like, and cause he looks at it and like, someone's like, what Glenn? He's like, Oh, like nothing or whatever. And I'm like, that is sick. That's fucking sick. And I'm <laughs> so glad level. they put it in there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with my four. I'm going to ride or die mm. for this. Good for you. And I, I'm fine being alone. But no, own it. I mean, those little touches gave it the extra half yeah, a... I, I get it's it not for point. everyone, and that's fine. Um, okay, well, before we wrap up, Trevor and AJ, you have been fantastic guests. Um, this episode was so much fun to do. I knew it would be, but... Truly more fun than I even imagined. Um, <laughs> so we will definitely have to have you back. I'm gonna have to scour, or maybe I'll bring you back for the gate too. I'll make you guys suffer some more. Oh my um, god! I've never seen it, it so I don't know if it's bad or not. <laughs> oh, no. um, I know Terry's in it. Is yes. he? Yes. Yes. He is. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna do the gate. It's too. like the only thing he did. He had like a very short career. Wow. Oh, it's the same guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. Would you guys like thank to plug you. anything of your own? Uh. AJ, you want me to plug? Do a quick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you you can find us. We release biweekly. Uh, the old kids movies is the name of our show. You can find us on Instagram at the old kids movies on Twitter at old kids movies. Um, I'm metal trowel most places. AJ, you're just AJ Beltis most places or movie movie television. You are if if you search, I'm AJ Beltis on Twitter and then movie television everywhere else, including okay. on Letterboxd. Yeah, on Letterboxd. That's what I was thinking. Letterboxd, I'm metal yeah. travel there. And yes, then, and we um, will put all of your uh social handles and all that oh, shit cool. in the description of the episode so everyone can find you. Uh awesome. And then yeah, thank you. I just want to say thank you again for having us. Like I know we 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 try and find a a good a good uh, crossover movie mm-hmm. between it and it's hard, but uh, I yeah. think it'd be great to have you on again for 
uh, for Halloween, our Halloween season, because that's the best time to do it. But um, yeah. again, I, I with Scooby-Doo 2, I know the, there was three very fond memory lovers of it. And then Alex, you're like, I was like, whatever has Matthew Lillard. That's all I care about. Exactly. Who's who's trying to watch Tower of Terror this Halloween for the 25th anniversary? I'll, I'll literally come down. on and watch anything. I I can talk about the Tower of Terror ride because I fucked with that ride. It's a good ride. Um, okay, um, well, once again, this is Trevor. This is AJ. We're so blessed and happy to have them. Um, thank you, everyone, to list for listening. Um, we will be back next month, if not sooner. You never know with us. Sometimes we like to throw in a mini-sode. And if you haven't yet, check out our mini-sode on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We just dropped. It was very fun. Um, not long at all. And we highly recommend the movie. Also, by the time this episode is coming out, the um, crowdsourcing campaign for my short film will have ended. So I just want to say thank you so much to everybody um, who contributed in any way or shared it was incredibly helpful and I'm incredibly grateful and make sure to still follow our accounts um, at Black Veil Short Film on Instagram because as we continue to make the movie and everything post-production getting it into festivals we'll be updating there and it's just a really fun exciting journey and I would love you all whether you gave or not to see it um, and other than that as always keep it creepy bye bye Hi, creeps, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, completely on our own, and we have some folks that we would love to thank. Um, first and foremost, if you've noticed, we have amazing new artwork, and we have to thank our friend Raymond Lowell, who commissioned it for us. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram and see all his other amazing art at RB Lowell. Uh, who else, Alex? Uh, we would love to thank, yet again, for another season, our lovely friend Nathan Graham who made our beautiful introduction music um, and he sings the Girls Who Cried Be Horror um, you can follow him at yes. instant underscore grams like his name um, and you can also check out his podcast with our other friend Jonah uh, called The Commonwealth Yes, all good spooky content. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, we're on social media too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, on Twitter at Girls Who Cried Be H. And if you really want to write us a whole novella, baby, you can send us an email at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror at gmail.com. We always want to hear your thoughts and opinions and your insight. Uh, And if you want to follow us individually on social media, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I am at G-Way Forever. That is G-E-E-W-A-Y, number four, and then ever on Instagram. At agarity15 on Twitter. And uh, Anya Garrity on Letterboxd if you really want my uh, my film insight. Alex? Yeah, and if you want to check out the uh, three tweets and Instagram posts I do a year, you can check me out uh, at <laughs> Alex Brandley. Because I'm very basic on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. It's all the same. I'm just Alex Bradley. She makes it easy for you, folks. Yeah. She makes it easy for you. Um, but that's all we have for now. So we'll see you creeps next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The girls who cried be horror.